Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. Now here we go with another multi-episode series. This will be a two-part series featuring Buster Frierson. Now Buster is a well-decorated working ranch cowboy, not only in the realm of competition, but in his management of very large successful ranches. Buster has now challenged himself to step off on his own into a new venture. We are extremely grateful here at Let Freedom Reign podcast to have a man of his caliber come on the show and share his life experience. And just as the old adage goes with the working ranch cowboy, just because you can't see them from the road doesn't mean they're not there and doesn't detract from the pivotal role that they play in our country's success. It won't take you too long into the episode to understand there are many more layers to Buster's story that have shaped and formed him into the incredible man that he is today. To learn more about all that Buster's got going on, you can find him on social media under Buster Frierson. And Frierson is F-R-I-E-R-S-O-N. And as always, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is the first part of our conversation with an incredible man, an amazing cowboy, Mr. Buster Frierson. What's new for me, I guess, is uh, I've went out on my own. I worked for a ranch for about 15 years, 16 years. I don't know exactly how long I was there, but for a pretty good while I ran a ranch and... Uh, I've uh, actually went out on my own and started doing a few different things. I've got a few cows scattered out on some lease places and kind of doing that and also doing a little more with Boston Union and doing a little more with uh, Range Hand Meat Company, which I started with a couple of buddies of mine. It's a uh, home delivery high-end meat service, and uh, we, we do some restaurant stuff, and we do home delivery. So I uh, also sell some products represent a product out of georgia that's a pro vantage animal health product and uh, i uh, started kind of peddling that product i guess what you would say for lack of better terms in this part of the world they, they didn't have anybody in texas in the southwest that the product wasn't here and so the pro vantage guys hit me up and we we came to an agreement and so that's kind of what i'm doing right now i'm just trying to figure out where i'm going to go and kind of how i'm going to get there and you know i'm in right now I just cowboy and day work and ride a few horses. I started back team roping a little bit, which I'd put off because I just didn't have time for it. And now I do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my life is, my life is, I'm, I'm, I'm self-employed, unemployed. I don't really know what the hell to do most <laughs> of the day. Cause I, <laughs> cause I, I you know, I was at a, I was at a job that I, you know, had a set of certain duties and chores to do for 15, 16 years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you wake yeah. up one day and you decide that you're going to be on your own. It's like, oh, what do I do yeah. today? And it's like, what? I'm do whatever the hell I want to do today. And, yeah. you know, to a point, I, I still have to make a dollar and I still have to go, you know, I heck, yesterday I went and helped some guys catch three bulls, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. left at three o'clock in the morning because it's so hot around here that you got to get started and you know, that kind of deal. And I, I ride some outside horses for some people and just doing that, you know, I mean, I've got cows that I got to tend to on my own and everything, all the businesses that I'm involved with. I've, you know, by the time I look up at six thirty or seven at nine, I'm like, wow, this day is gone in a hurry. So, yeah. you know, I'm busy 
And uh, I, I enjoy that. I, I thrive in that, you know, I need to be busy. I need to be going. I need to keep my mind busy. I need to keep my body physically going. And uh, it's a, uh, it's a good thing. I, I've, I'm starting to kind of adjust to it and, you know, I'm starting to enjoy it and starting to realize I don't have that anxious feeling about like I did a month ago going, Oh man, I need to get back. No, I don't have to get back. You know I mean? I, okay. I'm doing what I need to be doing. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. So that, that anxiety is kind of leaving me and I still have a little bit of it because I did something for 15 years, you know, every day. So it was like, now it's like, wow, I don't have to do that anymore. That's got to be a crazy transition. I mean, uh, to have to have the stability, right, uh, running that ranch, and now, I mean, you want to talk about liberty? It's on you. Everything's on you. Yeah. Whether you make money, no whether doubt. you it's don't all... make money, how much work you want to do, how much work you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and that, and I think that leads to that accountability. And I'm big about you know accountability, and I, I'm accountable for myself and only me. You know, I mean, yeah. nobody else is. It doesn't matter what. John down the road does or Jimmy that I work for or Bill that I do this for, it doesn't matter what they do. I'm accountable for me. If I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to work and go, you know, ride horses, you know, before it gets hot or ride horses at midnight because it's not hot, you know, whatever, I'm accountable for what I do. I'm accountable for my actions, whether they're good, bad, indifferent, whether they make money or don't make money, you know, and that's, I'm held accountable for it. And I, and I'm big about that. So, that's that's something I think a lot of people nowadays lack is accountability. They want to blame somebody else. They always want to blame something else. They always want to, you know, point the finger at someone. Oh, they, you know, they did this when I was a kid or they did this. You know, my parents weren't, you know, bullshit. It's all about you. It's, yeah. you, you know, you, you make the decisions to do what you do. Whether it's good or bad, I mean, it does not matter. You make the decision, and you carry you carry on after that. You know, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. something that a lot of people have lost nowadays. And I think, you know, the agricultural world, the cowboy world, uh, and and uh, lots of other lines that I, you know, the blue collar American hard worker, first responders, military. The, you know, I mean, that's what you're trained. You're accountable for you. And as long as you do the right thing, everything else will go right along yeah. behind it. So it's it's a hard lesson to learn. You know, it is a really, really hard lesson down. to learn. And uh, I, through my struggles and my journey, right, um, to to increase my level of personal accountability, right, I use the mantra: you can be a victim or a victor in any scenario, you right? You can yes, you can be affected by the circumstance, or you dominate the circumstance. But the decision has to be there made you with you. And exactly. for me, taking that approach provided a lot more liberty in my life. I mean, it lifted a weight off of my shoulders, uh, whereas you would have circumstances forced upon you. And you would think, man, why me? What did I do? How this? How that? Whatever. Versus, you know what? This is the hand that I've been dealt. And I'm responsible right. for this portion, and I can control this portion, and I'm going to own this portion. But all this other peripheral, yes. all this other peripheral that took place, I don't have control over that. So I just need to let that go, and I need to choose how I respond to it. Because you can react, exactly. right, which is emotionally driven, typically. Reactions are emotionally driven. Or you can respond. And in my opinion, responses come from a thought process somewhere along the line. There you go. I, I agree. I, I, you know, I had a... I had another interview with uh, the Commerce Cowboy, and we got uh-huh. into that a little bit. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's a 
react with emotion is a whole different beast yes. because you know whether it's fear or whether it's anger or whether it's you know whatever that emotion is it it, it clouds your judgment it clouds your thinking because that that emotion is out front and you can't really get mentally clear to how you respond to the situation that's making you emotional once you kind of realize that hey do away with the emotion. Think about the, what's going on and figure out the best way to get out of the situation Yeah, or the best way to get through the situation. And a lot of people, they just, you know, nowadays everybody's like, they want to talk about your feelings and how everything works and, you know, feelings, 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 feelings. Well, feelings cloud your judgment. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. You know, there's, there's, there's times that, yeah, it's good to have feelings, no doubt about it. And it's good to, be empathetic in situations, you're angry in situations, but it shouldn't cloud your judgment on how you respond to the, what, what, what you're emotional about. Correct. Correct. You know, cause I, horses, horses piss me off every day. You know, it's like you did this yesterday, <laughs> you're training the horse and you're like, you did this yeah. yesterday. It's like, kid, you know, they, yeah. like you did this yesterday. Why can't you do it today? Was well, cause you're not paying attention or you're not, you know, well, there's no sense in me getting mad because all that's going to do is that's going to jeopardize the situation and maybe make it even get worse. So think about the situation, figure out how to get through the deal. Oh, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not squeezing with my calf like I was yesterday. Or maybe I'm not, you know, using the rain like I needed to, you know, or maybe I'm not using the movement at my hips. Maybe I'm not following through, you know, and it's, you know, you get to thinking about it and it's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you look up and snap your fingers and it's like, okay, we're back to where we were. And, and, you know, you get mad and kick around and jerk around and pull on one. It's not going to create any anything but bad habits. And, you know, bad habits, I don't – it's – bad habits are developed because you're lazy, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's – that's one of the things, you know, the accountability and the emotion and just self-discipline. I mean, it goes back to self-discipline, calm down, breathe, think about the spot, where you're at, what you're doing, and how to get out of it. And, you know, what the best way to get out of – you know, not necessarily, I don't guess I should say get out of, but, you know, figure out the situation. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, when you look at this show, right, and what the show's founded on, it's absolutely founded on human performance. The horse is the vehicle that in, improves the human performance. And exactly. we talk about a lot of what we talk about on the show is talking about emotions and feelings. And it's funny because there are those stigmas, right? That if you're law enforcement, military, cowboy, right? right? We don't talk about that stuff. And I'm not saying we're going to go sit down at a campfire and have a hugging competition. That sure as heck ain't going to happen. But if you don't think that emotion or your mental well-being has any role in your performance or plays a more impactful role in your performance, you're a liar. Uh, You're lying to yourself because uh, what I try to convey to folks is when the senior dog shows up, right? We kind of had a conversation about this a little bit before we went on air. When the senior dog shows up, right? That dude that is calm, cool, collected, no matter how much it hits the fan, that was not born into him. You don't just get there, right, by opportunity and learning process. The learning process is going through similar experiences and having it all unravel, being dominated by your emotion. At some point, whatever circumstance it is, dominated you, right? You realize, man, I can't control this situation. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what the next step is. Uh, we talked about riding bucking horses, right? You go through yeah. an eight-second ride, you have no idea what just took place. Literally, right. you don't even know if you made the whistle or not. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because you're so overwhelmed with emotion and stress. 
that process has to take place to get to the calm, cool, and collected, right? It doesn't no just hand no it to you, but when you start to live your life with that clarity and be more aware of your emotional response, be more aware of how you think about situations or your perspective, that's when growth really starts to take place. And that's when life gets fun, in my opinion. No doubt. No doubt. I agree fully 1000% on that. You know, I mean, and then it is. And a lot of people, they don't get there until their 60s or 70s yeah. and their bodies physically can't let them do what they what they would do yeah. to have that, you know, that life, that life experience. And so it's, it's funny how guys such as yourself and, you know, military guys that I'm friends with, you know, they started at a young age and they've been through all the fuzz and the firecrackers and everything, you know, and they've made it to the other side and they have that clarity when they're 40, 45 years yeah. old, their body's still physically fit enough and you can keep it physically fit enough to enjoy your lifestyle now with yeah. that clarity and you can go on and life is, man, it's, it's awesome. It it's is. just open your eyes and see what's out there and go do it. You know, yeah. if you want to do something, I told somebody the other day, I was like, if you want to do something, just go do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, ain't nobody holding you back except you. If yeah. you decide you want to go do something, just go do it. Figure out who you need to talk to, where you need to go, what you need to get to do what you want to do. And, you know, if it's something that you don't have any clue about, Bert Coons, my partner in Boston Union, was an ex-spec ops guy in the Army and had done everything in the that, you know, in military you can do was, a you know, war uh, accolades over and over again and, you know, been in stressful high-end situations where there was a man on the line and, you know, I mean, situations. But once he got over that and got retired, what's he to do now? He's dropped in the civilian world. What's he to do now? You know, I mean, he didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do, and, and he actually – you know, that was one of the reasons that he wanted to work on a ranch because he knew it would keep him physically fit and it would keep him mentally stable because his mind's busy and he's getting some enjoyment. He's getting some fulfillment out of doing something that he's always dreamed of doing. And he decided that's what he wanted to do. And so he found a way to do that. Yeah. And it didn't yeah. matter. It didn't matter what was in his way. He went around it, threw it over it, and he found a way to do what he wanted to do. And that right there, just watching him do what he did with me when he was working for me, and I just punch cows for a living. I mean, didn't I make a lot of money? I mean, I, I had I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed the cowboy world. I enjoyed the cowboy lifestyle. And when you know, watching him do that, I'm like, you know what? You can do anything that you decide you want to do. And he gave me some clarity on how to live a little better and how to enjoy your life a little better. If you decide you want to open a business, start a business. If you decide you want to work out every day and you're going to go, oh, you're going to go do a bodybuilding contest, get after it. Go find people that can help you. Yeah, and absolutely. most of the time, they will help you, you know, because they want somebody, they want somebody to share that information, that knowledge, that, that experience with. So when they're done, that somebody else can kind of fall in their shoes and feel their shoes, you yeah. know, and so yeah. and keep the cycle going. And the cowboy world is, you know, they've been saying the cowboy world is dying since the automobile was invented. Well, the cowboy world isn't dying. Now it's shrunk a little bit, but the cowboy world is full. I mean, oh, it yeah. is rolling oh, yeah. and is full yeah. of life. And you just don't see many of them, you know, yeah. because of, they're not on social media. They're not on TV. You know, I mean, take Yellowstone, for instance, the new movie that's out, the series on 
Netflix, or I guess, yeah, Netflix, you know, I mean, it's a, people are just eat up with that show. It's the craziest thing to me. Like, I mean, it's all you hear about is Yellowstone, Yellowstone, Yellowstone. I'm like, really? (laughs) I mean, it's a great show. No doubt about it. It's a very good soap opera with a uh, ranch cowboy kind of twist. But that's not how ranchers live, you know. That ain't real, you know. I mean, that's not it. But it's good that it's brought to the forefront because people want to see that. People crave that. People see that. They want that. Hey, man, the cowboys. The cowboy is still alive, you know, and can't see him from the highway. Yeah, and that, and, that and was, that's so true, you know. It is, and that was a big part of of me wanting to get you on the show is because what you have done for the working ranch cowboy world, right. And opening that door and bringing more awareness to it, you know, and, and there's so much in your journey beyond the social media presence, beyond the awards that you've won competing, you know, like we talked about earlier that here on this show, so much of it is, is who an individual is. And yes, we intended originally with focus and efforts on helping the law enforcement community, the, the military, first responder world, uh, help them kind of get right through horses, through horsemanship. It was a parallel journey that I ran in my own life. I got the firsthand experience of seeing what it is. And, you know, I think it's tough because when you become so specialized in whatever your profession is, there's part of you that adopts that identity. Now, right. here's where I think a lot of the the breakdown takes place is it. Individuals become emotionally overinvested or they place too much value in the identity of that profession or that job or that skill set. And then when that is all jerked out from underneath you. Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Who are you then? And that is the toughest question that I've had to answer in my life. When you stand and look in the mirror and you ask yourself, now what? Yeah, exactly. What am I? You know? And I think, you know, we talked about earlier too, that, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of situations like that end in tragedy because people don't know who they are. And so they go, yes, they go to yes. try to find something to replace that, which a lot of times it's drugs, alcohol, you know, gambling, something to replace that, trying to figure out who you are. And then it just becomes a freaking whirlwind. Yeah. And it, they look up and they're, they don't know who they are, or where they're going or what they've done. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And like you said, and they, they take their life because they don't know who they are. They don't know how to get to where they need to be. And I think, you know, with me, I wasn't in the military. I wasn't a first responder. I wasn't, you know, any, I've just been a cowboy. I've, I've got it and done different things. But anyways, and it's a, for me to look at Bert and Bert changed my life. I mean, there's no doubt about it. One thousand percent Bert Coons changed my life. I would have never, I would never ever be where I'm at today without running into Bert Coons. But I gave Bert Coons an opportunity and I was intrigued by who Bert Coons was and what he had done. And once I kind of got to spending a little time with him and we got to be work partners and then we got to be buddies and then we got to be brothers you know it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. wow this is uh you know i mean you could do anything you yeah. know and yeah. i gave him the opportunity and i gave him some knowledge and i i wanted to help him because there was just something about him that was like you know what i, I want somebody just like i said I, he came to me seeking knowledge about something that i knew a little bit about and yeah. so i wanted to give him some of my knowledge 
and see if it would stick and resonate with him. And it did. And so that just makes you want to give more knowledge, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, all right, now I want to help you learn how to saddle a horse. Now I want to help you learn how to ride a horse. Now I want to learn how to help you train a horse. Now I want you to learn how to rope. Now I want you to learn how to, you know, operate your horse around cows and how to drive cows and how to gather cows and how the cowboy lifestyle, you know, and just over every little thing. And you look up and it's like, I mean, damn, he's made a pretty good cowboy, you know? And that makes you feel proud because you know that you've helped him do that. Yeah. And and the biggest thing that I try to define in this process with individuals is that, and this is, this is through my own experience, everything that made you the specialized resource, whatever it is, if we're talking all the way from being a dental hygienist to a cowboy to, to working in the spec ops world, right? Who you are as a person does not change. The identity... Your right. job might change when you come out, right? You retire out or whatever happens, right? Life right. changes. But your work ethic, your right. desire, your passion, your fire, your education, everything that got you to that decorated resume position or or title of expertise has not changed one single bit. Now we just got to take all not of that. All. Might have to might have to polish it a little bit, right? Might be a little rusty or dusty. But now let's just focus it in another direction. And just because you were everything in this given profession or world – doesn't mean you, you cannot be everything in a different direction. And I just recently went through that with a buddy of mine, one of the most successful baseball players that I had the privilege of knowing, you know, personally, as far as a firsthand relationship, struggled with that, man. He said, I'm high school educated from the South. Who am I going to compete with? I'm in my mid thirties. How am I going to get yeah. an education? How am I going to compete with people professionally? How am I going to maintain the income? All this other stuff. And I said, dude, all those hours that you put in those quiet hours when nobody was around studying film, yep. studying tape, gym time, all that stuff does not change. It might take you two or three years to get back to that level of expertise or income or whatever, but who you are as a person, that does not change one single bit. No doubt. So no put doubt. it all in your that, gear bag and let's walk out. We're going to find something else to do. Yeah. What do you want to do? Yeah. So put, put all that towards whatever you yeah. want to do. Yeah. You know, put that skill set of determination, self-discipline, hard work, you know, integrity, character, values, all that stuff. Put all that stuff that's in your gear bag that you've already developed throughout the years and whatever you were doing. And if you decide you want to be a, yeah. a lead guitar in a rock and roll band, go put all that towards that. Yeah. You know, I mean, whatever it is, does not matter. You have the skill set to go accomplish and be great at whatever you want to do. But it's incredible to watch, and I'll use the the uh, example of, of your relationship with Bert. I mean, you take a spec ops guy and a cowboy who have no previous relationship, yeah. right? And now we're roasting yes, coffee sir. beans. Yeah, and this is no yeah. this I is mean, no lie. How does that how does that work? You know, I said I would I tell everybody all the time. I said, you know, I would have bet you a million dollars that I did not have a million. I would have straight up said, I bet you a million dollars. I will never own a coffee company yeah. in my life yeah yeah and i will tell you here in california at my ranch are three bags of bison union coffee right now sitting in my <laughs> kitchen right what are the chances of that yeah no doubt i mean and that's the only reason that you and i are probably even talking yeah. is because of yeah. i mean if you really get right back to the nuts and bolts of it is because bert coons came to work for me it is true it is true and that, that's the foundation no, of it, it. And it's crazy, you know, that it's led it's led me to and through where I'm at today yeah. and talk sitting here talking to you. It's a mm -hmm. it's a very humbling to me. I'm just like and and I realize that I'm very, very gracious for the opportunities that have been presented to me through meeting Bert. The yeah. I will never ever forget the day he rode he drove up 
and got out of his pickup. It was six years ago, but I still remember what he was wearing. I still remember what he looked like. I still remember the conversation we had because it's made such a profound impact on my life that it is something that I will never, I, I mean, I'll go to my grave and that's something I will always remember. And that's, you know, I remember the day my son was born. I remember what it looked like. I remember everything that was going on. And, you know, there's a few situations in my life that I remember that are very, very vivid. And meeting Bert Koontz is one of them. And that's crazy to me to sit back and think about it. Like, I mean, why does that guy, why is that guy, why is the meeting that guy been so impactful on my life? Mm-hmm. And you got to get real. I mean, I'll just straight up say it. You know, I mean, he showed me things that I was helping him. But he was also helping me. And Absolutely. so it's, uh, you know, for me to realize that and think about how much impact you have on someone's life. And it's not going to be everybody, no doubt about it. And I understand that. But so when somebody, and I'll, I'll give you this instance right here. The other night I went to academy and I walked in academy and I was going in dressed like Buster, boots, hats, cowboy hat, <laughs> and my shades on. And, uh, I walked in academy, it's 7 o'clock in the afternoon, 6.45, something like that. I walk in academy, and I pass the guy carrying a little girl. And the guy's probably in his mid-20s. And the baby girl's probably 16, 18 months old, something around there, I'm thinking. And the guy looks at me like he knows me, but I don't know the guy, you know. And I walk by him mm-hmm. and get around the corner, and the guy cuts across, and he comes back over there, and he says, sir. And I turned around, and I said, yeah, what's up? And he said, I thought I'd drop something, to be real honest with you. I thought something had uh-huh. fallen out of my pocket, and he was fixing to hand me a piece of paper, you know, something that I dropped out of my pocket. And uh, this is what I initially thought. And he said, I just want to shake your hand. I, I know who you are, and I just want to shake your hand. And I said, okay. And I, I stuck my hand out and shook his hand. And I said, what's your name? And he said, Travis. I said, oh, Travis, how are you? And I said, what's your, what's your girl's name? And he told me his baby girl's name. We started visiting. He said, I, I follow you on Instagram and on social media. And he said, I want, I just want to tell you thank you for changing my life. And I'm like, how? How did I? Ch-? I said, how did I change your life? And he said, watching you do what you do and live life and go try and do whatever. That made me go try to follow my dreams. My wife and I now have bought a little place north of town trying to buy some cows he said we i've always dreamed of having a small cattle operation and he said watching you on social media has convinced me that i can do it as well isn't it crazy and I was like, isn't it crazy it's insane to me you know because i just yeah. I, i'm just a cowboy you know i mean really i yeah. don't know I, yeah I, I say cowboy i'm just a guy you know i mean i i, I cowboy for the majority of my profession and my pay but i'm just a just a dude, you know, I mean, I'm nothing special whatsoever, but it was incredible to me that he came all the way. Like it was, you know, and, and I'll remember that guy, you know, for a long time. Yeah. It's a, just something that, and I'm like, man, if I can help that guy, I mean, who else have I helped? Because you know, just as well as I do, dude, they're not going to come up and tell you that. It's, it's crazy because not very many of them. no. And I think about it. I think about it in my role in this show, and this is definitely not to boast or brag, right? I'm a huge proponent of faith. Uh, I think it's a very difficult lesson to learn uh, and truly understand it and truly grasp it. But if you take this very second in time right now, right? Conversation, 
that you and I are having. Right. There is nothing in our social circles, in our professional circles, anything that say that this should ever have taken place. Exactly. Right. And you talk about your passion and, and I'm going to say inadvertently helping people, right? You didn't set out on this mission. You didn't set out on this goal to change the world, right? You're right. just living life as Buster. Right. Um, I've had those same feelings working with this show. I mean, it just wasn't last week. I got a, I got a message from a guy in New Zealand talking about how a previous episode helped him find his passion, find his fire and make him realize, you know what, maybe I should spend more time learning about God and my role in that big picture and all these other great things have happened as a result. For sure. That's not my doing. That's not any effort that I made. <laughs> That's no glory, nothing, nothing right. that I can take ownership of. What kills me right. from a, a, a standpoint of humility is that God has put me in this position. There you go. I, I didn't want it. I didn't know it existed. I had no, no fire for it, no desire for it. If you'd have asked me 15 years ago, hey, man, uh, so you're going to ride some horses and you're going to do this little podcast deal and uh, you're just going to talk to people about life <laughs> and just see what their opinion is on life. Yeah. I'd tell you to kick rocks. Tell you that ain't, that ain't yeah, happening. You'd have bet, you'd bet me years, that million, you know? like I said. You'd have bet yeah, me that million. Exactly. I'd have bet you the yeah. million that I don't have and the million that you don't have on it, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's just no incredible doubt. to to have that opportunity to be a steward, to understand that, you know what? I've been given a a vehicle. I've been given a task. I've been given a role, and I need to be the best steward of it as, as possible. And it's that experience that, for me personally, developed my desire to – to furnish legacy because I am just the keeper of the torch for the number of days that God puts me on this earth. But I have to do everything that I can there to make sure go. that that torch burns bright when, when right. it's my turn to go six feet under, you know, and it's, it's huge. Legacy is a big deal. And you talk about giving back and, and you and Bert pouring into each other, but I think we're obligated to do that on some level. No doubt. Right. Everything that you experienced in life to make you the man that you are, I think you owe it to the next generation. I don't know who that is as far as an individual or a person or a place, but if right. we're going to make this cowboy world a better place, if we're going to make the Western industry a better place, if we're going to make earth itself a better place, right? We owe it to the next generation to build and develop our skill set and do everything that we can to pour into somebody else. Because you know what? There's plenty of men that poured into me that had zero obligation to do so. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, Mike, I talked about it on the, on the uh, Converse cowboy podcast mm -hmm. you know i mean mm -hmm. everybody you if you're involved with somebody they're giving you something yeah. and, and when i say giving you something i'm not talking about something monetary i'm not talking about something like that they're giving you something uh just for example when bert came to work for me when i keep using bert but it when bert came to work for me i was giving him some knowledge i was giving him some you know, some, some experiences that I've already had. So like, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to go through this because I'm going to show you and I'm going to tell you how to figure this out without having to go through all the trials and tribulations that I did. And it doesn't matter throughout your whole life. I feel like somebody talking to you right now, you're giving me something, you're giving me some expertise, you're giving me some wisdom, you're giving me some knowledge, you know, vice versa. Everything you do, everybody mm -hmm. you run across, mm -hmm. you spend any amount of time with those people, they're going to get, they're giving you something. Yeah. Yeah. Understand that they did not have to, they could have turned around and walked off and you, yeah, you're you know, right. but they, they, they don't have to give you something. And, you know, you're not entitled to anything in this world. 
it is mm-hmm. sure enough something that you should take a heart to and go, you know what, they didn't have to do that and be, be gracious for it. You know, gratitude, have gratitude for that. And that's, I think I try to, I've learned that over the last few years and, and just be glad that somebody reached out or somebody gave you something or somebody, you know, said something. It's just some, you know, take it to heart, figure it out. If you want to use it, great. If you don't, great, but be appreciative of them doing that. Yeah, I think for me, yeah. I really started to see clarity in life when I we talked about the accountability side of things, right? Taking taking ownership of your actions, uh, what you can and cannot control. But that was another side of it, right? Is it understanding that you aren't owed anything by anybody, right? Not one, not one single stitch. So whatever yes. you get, good and bad, be grateful for it because obviously we enjoy the victories. But when you fall on your face, right, or <laughs> somebody wrongs you, um, or something does not go right. There's a lesson to be learned in that as well. And you will come out a better human being as a result. No doubt. But can you have the mental maturity and can you have the fortitude to seek out what that lesson is supposed to be? Exactly. Exactly. It sure makes it tough. Sure makes it tough. But, man, we definitely did get on a roll. We're almost 30 minutes in and we haven't even kind of introduced who you are. But uh, <laughs> That's good. I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill the momentum, but I do want to give – just to give listeners a little bit of context, right? Because uh, not everybody is a working ranch cowboy that listens to the show. I mean, we have listeners, like we mentioned, all over the world from all different disciplines. Everybody's kind of horse-related on some level. But if you don't mind, let's go through a little bit of your history and your story because I can tell you this, my – my path to success in life um, is not linear. It looks more like probably a, if you were to give a two-year-old an Etch-a-Sketch and a half a bag of Skittles, <laughs> that's probably that's what my that's what my road looks like. That's what my road looks like uh, through life. So. And, and mine and mine would be if you gave a Etch-a-Sketch to a five-year-old and gave him a twelve-pound sledgehammer and he threw it down on it. That's what mine would look like. <laughs> um, but in life, right? We all. We all go through trials. We all go through tribulations. Um, we all have different experiences. And so I, w- I want to kind of learn your path to who you are today as the, as the working cowboy because you didn't necessarily go right into it, right? No. There's many ventures traveled. So I'll give you the freedom of starting wherever you wish in your history, and, and we'll talk to where we are today. And I'm sure there's many points that will come up in between. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no. So – I grew up in a little dirt town, 416 people. I can still see the city limits sign. We grew up, I grew up, I've got two sisters and uh, one older and one younger. Grew up, my, my dad kind of cowboyed around. Did My dad did whatever he had to do. He was a skilled laborer. He could do whatever he had to do to provide for his family. My mother worked for the post office. Um, we were, you know, I would say we were poor growing up. Uh, not poor, mm-hmm. poor financially, I guess. Not poor uh spiritually or not poor emotionally mm-hmm. or not poor in experiences, but we were poor financially, you know, I mean, it was, we, we struggled. I mean, it was, I shouldn't say we struggled because we had what we needed. Um, we didn't yeah. have anything fancy. We didn't have anything big. We didn't have a whole lot, but we had what we needed and, you know, growing up and didn't know no much different. So my dad always kind of rodeoed and roped and cowboyed a little bit, was a very good horseman. He kind of trained, he trained a lot of outside, started a lot of cults for people, and he trained a lot of outside, did a lot of roping. And uh, so as a young age, I grew up around horses and started. And, you know, I mean, they got pictures of me two years old riding, you know, I mean, different things like that, just stuff. You know, by the time I was five, I was entering AJ rodeos and play days, breakaway calf roping, team roping, running barrels, poles, flags, doing the play day deal as a five-year-old. 
and um, kind of went through life, at, you know, up until my, my eighth grade freshman year. My dad had taken a job, and he welded, built fence, barns. He worked in the oil field. He, you know, like I say, he did anything and everything to make a living and support his family. And yes, sir. He, he took a job at Roscoe, and, uh, which Roscoe, Texas, was a little another dirt town, nothing there much, you know. But he took a job as a uh, purchasing agent for a rail car plant that they rebuilt rail cars. And uh, he was doing that. We He finally moved us my eighth grade, into my eighth grade year, he moved us to Roscoe, which is about 35, 40 miles from where we grew up. And I kind of got into sports. Uh, I was always pretty athletic. And uh, so I got into sports. We, we we had a place in town, so we got rid of all our horses and all our cowboy equipment, as I would say. And uh, I just immersed myself into sports because that's really mm-hmm. what I had at that time, you know. And I'm kind of like mm-hmm. what you said earlier. I'm kind of like when I decide to do something, I'm all in. Let's do it. I mean, we're yeah. going to go. We're going to do it until we can't do it anymore. And uh so we uh, we kind of did that. I immersed myself into sports, basketball, track, football, whatever I could do, baseball. We didn't have much of, but we played summer league. And uh, it was a uh, kind of law. I kind of got off the cowboy, you know, off the western side of it right about that time in my life. I went through high school, graduated high school, was pretty – I had some pretty good accolades throughout, you know, my sports season, I guess, sports career through high school. Had a couple offers to go play footballs in college, and I just at that time didn't want any part of it. I was sick and tired of it, kind of like what you talked about. I yeah. didn't want anybody telling me what to do. I was tired of practicing. I was prior tired of training. I was tired of you know doing all that stuff that comes along with being a good athlete that you have to do or anything that you have to do. I was tired of being pressured into that, so I didn't. Uh, I went to work for a farmer or two, and I did a few things in that summer and. Went to college because everybody told me that you should go to college. And so, you know, to be successful, you need to go to college. That was kind of what was told to everybody about that time. And I guess probably still to this day is told that. But so I enrolled in college. And during the my senior and junior senior years during high school, I uh, my cousin worked for an outfitter. And I loved to hunt. I loved outdoors. I loved all that stuff. I hunted and fished all the time. And so my cousin worked for an outfitter that did a bunch of whitetail hunting around texas well on the weekends when i could i would go to their camp and i would skin deer i would clean dishes i would get firewood i would do whatever needed to be done because i like being in that atmosphere and so i uh same thing again i worked hard at it and i tried to learn every little bit of thing i could learn from anybody that would give anything to me and uh, so i enrolled in college Got to my fall semester, I guess, and that outfitter called me and said, hey, Buster, I need a guy to go with me to New Mexico to help guide some mule deer and elk hunts. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, where do I need to be and what time do I need to be there? And so I was already enrolled in the fall semester, and I just packed a bag and checked out and went to New <laughs> On Mexico. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I checked out and went to New Mexico for four months, you know, and I was like, oh, I had a blast. I just loved being outside and seeing new country and meeting new people and doing what I was doing. And so we'd get done with hunt season, and spring semester would start, and I would enroll, and I'd go through the spring semester, and then fall semester would start, and I would enroll, and I'm like, eh, nope, got to go back hunting. I'd go back hunting. Yeah. And so I did that, and I finally ended up quitting school, and or didn't finish school. I never really 
quit because I didn't, mm-hmm. I was just enrolling and doing what I could. But so I got 32 or 30 hours, I guess, of college credit. And, uh, but then I got into the working for him full time. And, uh, I remember driving home was another thing that kind of impacted my life. I remember driving home and we were coming out of Chama, New Mexico and the guy I worked for who was outfitter, me and him were good friends and we spent a lot of time together and he was, Oh, I guess probably in his about where I'm at right now in his mid forties. And, uh, he said, uh, I'm done. I said, what do you mean you're done? And, uh, he said, we get done with this season. I'm done. He said, my kids are getting into high school. And he said, I'm missing all their sports and missing a lot of their life growing up. And he said, I've been doing this for 22 or three years. And he said, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to do something else. And I was like, Oh shit. Cause I didn't, I didn't have anything to do. You know, <laughs> that wasn't I was, in the cards. <laughs> I was working for him full time. You know I mean? Like, shit, what am I supposed to do? You know? And uh, he told me, he said, I'll keep booking the hunts and, you know, I'd already, I'd done a lot of the stuff that needed to be done. He said, I'll keep booking the hunts. I'll take a booking fee and I'll let you keep running the outfitters. And I was 21 or two, maybe 21 at that time. And I was like, and I straight up told him, I said, I, I, no, I'm not interested. And he said, wow. He said, I'm giving you an opportunity to, you know, have an outfitter of your own. And I said, because I'm not responsible enough. And, it's a pretty mature decision to make at 21 years old. I straight up told him. I said, he scared the hell out of me. I'm like, I'm not responsible enough. And at that time, I was running and gunning. When we weren't hunting, I was having fun. I was being a 21-year-old, you know. I was yeah. smoking and drinking and chousing and going and doing and running pretty hard. And, you know, it's like just like we go back to that deal, you know. I mean, it's uh, if I'm going to do something, let's do it all the way. I'm yeah, all in, on. so. If we're going to go to the bar and drink, we're going to close the bar down and then we're going to go get a, you know, steal a cooler full of beer from somebody and drink it and get up at, when the sun's coming up, go to bed, you know. And so yeah. it was just that kind of time in my life that I was doing all that. And I just straight up told him, I said, I, you know, Nathan, I'm not, I'm not mature enough or responsible enough to take grown men who are successful businessmen up into the mountains and be the, guiding life for them i was like i just can't i'm not that i'm not there yet so saying that when we got home i talked to another buddy of mine and he worked for lone star gas and on the construction side and he i told him what had happened and i said man i need a job but i said you know anybody hiring he said we're hiring so he got me a job at lone star gas on the construction side when i was 21 right at 22 i was kind of right around in that time of my life and so i moved to abilene and uh, went to work for Lone Star Gas on a construction crew. I mean, run a backhoe, poly pipe, learn how to weld poly pipe, do all the stuff that needed to be done, you know. And it was a good, good job. I enjoyed being, you know, having a good job like I did. And, and uh, I got to dating a gal from up around Fort Worth and uh, was driving back and forth from Abilene to Fort Worth every weekend, every spare minute that I had. And about That's that. Long Oh, yeah, about that time. You know, I would come up on Friday after I got off work, and uh, then I would, Monday morning at 3 o'clock, I would get up and drive back <laughs> so I could be at work. Probably with no sleep in between. Yeah, no sleep in between because, <laughs> you know, you're 22 years old, and we were rocking and rolling, going and doing. So I would get up at 3 o'clock on Monday morning and drive back to Abilene and go back to work and work Monday through till Friday again, and then Friday afternoon I would drive. So back and forth, back and forth, I uh, – about that same time, 
TXU Electric bought Lone Star Gas. And I got to playing on the computer about jobs here and there. Well, there was a job opening as a, for a lineman in Fort Worth. And I was like, mm -hmm. hmm, I'm going to put in for it. Yeah. Because I'm tired of driving. I'm just going to move up there. And if I get the job, I'll move up there. And I'm tired of driving back and forth. And lo and behold, I got the job. And so I moved to Fort Worth. The gal that I was dating at that time, me and her lived together. And I worked as a lineman, tried to learn my lineman skill. And uh, I did that for about four and a half years, I guess, five years. And uh, was a good lineman. I mean, I, I no doubt about it. I, I every. I was blessed that I was skillful enough, and we did a lot of stuff, climbing poles and, you know, doing a lot of different things in West Fort Worth that most line companies or electric companies can't do, but just the situation. And I was a good lineman. I worked hard. The guys loved me. I loved them, you know, I mean, it was a brotherhood that I was a part of. I kind of, but I was always kind of looking for something, and I was drinking a lot at that time. I was making a lot of money. The girl and I that I moved up there, we'd split up, and I think my drinking had taken a hold of me, and I was working really hard, but I was drinking really hard as well, too. Mm -hmm. And I kind of started getting into some trouble and those, you know, and just what comes along with making bad decisions. And it's kind of like Bert always says, you make stupid decisions, you get stupid prizes. And, yes, sir. Uh, so... I was getting some stupid prizes out of the deal, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of, you know, I was learning a lot. I was like, wow, I didn't even know this stuff existed, you yeah. know, and I was spending a little time in jail, and I was having to deal with lawyers and court and judges, and that stuff kind of started taking a hold of me, and I didn't realize it at the time because I was running pretty hard, but I knew I was looking for, and I, now I look back at it, I was looking for something. I was looking for who I was. I was looking for what I was supposed to be. I was looking for who, where I needed to go. And uh, I, I couldn't find it. So I was, again, we go back to that deal. I couldn't find what I was supposed to be or who I was supposed to be. And so I was covering that up with alcohol and, mm -hmm. uh, I did a really good job of it. You know, I covered it up for three or four years, and it finally, finally all came to a head, just like it always does. And uh... Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast and being part of our Freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. And Reign is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation, and it costs less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding, to help us produce free weekly content. For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one.